Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm excited today to talk about a new sponsor that we have for the show. You know, if you're a single libertarian, if you're out there looking for love, looking for love in all the wrong places you are, you're probably uh, scrolling through Twitter and sliding into DMs and being super awkward. It's it's not good. So that's why I'm excited for you. Not really excited for myself because I, I am married, but uh, I know many of our listeners out there are single uh, men and women looking for a relationship. So that's where this awesome new app comes in. It's called Drome. That's spelled D-R-O-M. It's a Swedish word. And what it is, it's different, totally different than all the other dating apps out there. All these other dating apps really, you know, from what I understand, I've never used them, but from what I know from my single friends is they suck. You're scrolling through all these pictures, you're swiping on them, um, you get in these weird conversations where really it comes down to, you know, just how witty you can be, texting back and forth. It's garbage. And half the people, the pictures they use aren't even real, or there's some crazy angle of a picture to make them look totally different than they actually look in real life. So the way that Drome cuts through that and the way they beat that is they have a values-based matching system. So if you're a libertarian, um, you're probably not going to get along too well, have a great relationship with somebody who loves the state. Um, with somebody who doesn't align with your value set, be it if you're libertarian, conservative, Christian, um, you know, based on different things you want in your future, in your lifestyle, um, how you want to raise your children, um, what's important to you, what kind of faith you are. So what you're able to do is actually design your profile to meet the perfect match. And on top of that, it's no pictures, it's no texting, it's only video. So Drome is free. And uh, like I said, it's a values-based dating app. You pick the deal breakers and deal makers. As soon as someone matches your deal breakers and deal makers and you match with theirs, you get a notification. Um, There's no experts involved, no match percentages, any any of that craziness. Uh, You pick exactly what you want and you get those matches. If you don't find a, a deal breaker or deal maker that's important to you, you can make up and actually add your own. For everyone to see, and it's private and anonymous. Uh, Drome is, like I said, video only. So this promotes the human to human interaction. So, what you can do to try Drome out today, you're going to go to Drome, that's D R O M dot date slash lions. And uh, you're going to do that in your browser. Click on the iOS or the uh, the the uh, Google button, the Android button that you have there. And then once you get the app up, you're going to use the invite code LIONS to sign up. So that's drome.date slash LIONS and invite code LIONS when you sign up. All right, try out Drome. Go meet your your liberty match, your, your value-based match, and uh, go make some liberty babies. Get out there. Do it. Try Drome today. We are born free. We will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Welcome in, welcome in to another edition of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And guys, excited 
to uh, to be with you again another week, a uh, another episode of Finding Freedom. And if you've been following along, uh, if you've been watching my posts on Twitter or Facebook or wherever I'm posting on social media, you might have seen that Dave Smith was supposed to be on the show this week. Unfortunately, something came up and he could not come on the show. But uh, we will get that rescheduled, I I promise you that. And I'm looking forward to talking with Dave. have a lot of very interesting things um, to talk with him about. And uh, I'm excited to have that conversation. But in the meantime, I was left without a show. And uh, just one of those things, you know, sometimes, most of the time, I got a show or two in my back pocket. I can pull it out, throw it out there, and be ready to go. But... Some of the time, you get in a situation where you're counting on a show to be recorded. doesn't happen. It's happened before. It'll happen again. So uh, what I decided to do is uh, host for our pride and ask me anything, which did not happen. Um, and I'll tell you why it didn't happen. I, I did the uh, live video in our, in our group and streamed it to a uh, private link on, on YouTube and people watched it, but the problem is with Facebook, I don't know why they do this, but Facebook like doesn't show live videos to people, especially in groups. It's very hard to get views and uh, any sort of engagement on, uh, on live videos. So it's, it's annoying, but uh, unless you promote it, promote it a ton ahead of time and attach a reminder to it, then you can get some some views, but if you just go to go live in a group, you, you're basically screwed, and <laughs> that's what happened. So what I did instead is uh, going in totally unprepared with uh, really just, just had some rough notes on things on my mind, and uh, I talked about Afghanistan, my thoughts on that, and you'll hear later in the show. I also talk about, if you uh, listened last week, at the top of the show, I talked about former guest Dalton Morrow, who has been murdered. Um, and I talked about, really, some of the uh, some of my thoughts on that case. I might expand on that more in the future. I might not. And uh, we'll see. But I get, I get more into the details of, of uh, what happened in that very tragic... Uh, very tragic events uh, with with Dalton being uh, being murdered. So you hear that later on. I did want to add in right now since I haven't done one in so long. Uh, America's fastest growing game show. Is it a time? Is is it a crime? And should they do time? I you have to forgive me. I recorded a, another podcast before this for. Uh, for our boring show, if you haven't heard of the boring show, it's myself, Brian McWilliams, Howie Snowden, and Rico, where we talk about a little bit of reality TV. Um, we have a, a couple different segments on there. We tell some old stories. It's it's a good time. It's uh, not political, just uh, just laughs and laughs and fun. So check that out. That's boring with an H. So you can find that anywhere podcasts are found. And I want to get to this, is it a crime, in a second. Before I do that, just want to remind you guys, if you're listening to this show, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please, if you haven't, 
subscribe. Just pound that little subscribe button, or if you have uh, Apple Podcasts, find that little tiny plus sign hidden up in the right-hand corner and uh, put your little finger sideways and and push it so you can uh, get this podcast and the other two podcasts on this feed on from Monday Mark's show our flagship program and uh, on Wednesday Electric Liberty Land with Brian get all three of these shows delivered to your feed so please go ahead and do that right now if you haven't done it before and also Lions of Liberty Pride you should be in it why are you not in it um, we have great bonus content. You get all of all of the debates that Mark has been doing these past several weeks. You can get them all early. You can listen to them before anyone else. And uh, plus, you get Degenerate Gamblers, which is going to be starting up again here in the fall with football season. You get Conspiracy Corner, which is about once a month, sometimes less, sometimes more than that. But uh, the guys diving into uh, some conspiracies. And all the merchandise, and depending on what level you get access to us, all, all that good stuff. So check that out. That's patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Let's get to is it a crime and should they do time? And for this edition, we're going to be going down to the great state of Florida. And, uh, you know, we've talked some shit on Florida in the past, and Florida has their issues. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a state that, you know, it's, uh, it's got some things going for it nowadays. So you don't just saying Florida doesn't have the same, uh, the same response that it used to. They got some respect there down in Florida. So this article though, no respect for this article. I don't like what happened here. The headline, a 13 year old girl faces felony charges over threatening video and text messages. And what happened here, so this 13-year-old girl, fourth day of school, she brings, um, or no, she doesn't bring anything with her to school, sorry. Um, she ends up getting arrested and charged with a felony, uh, being accused of sending dozens of messages and videos and pictures, threatening messages, uh, that against other students, threatening other students. And at the end of the day, after she was confronted uh, by officers and there was the actual evidence of the, uh, of the messages and the videos and all that stuff, um, the girl responded that these individuals were making fun of her uh, and her mother, her deceased mother. So, you know, to put myself in this girl's shoes, if I was in that situation or similar situation, someone was making fun of a loved one of mine, especially a deceased loved one. I mean, you know, it's a 13 year old. What do you expect to happen? Of course, you're going to get, you're going to get some pushback. You're going to get some mean things said to you. These are, these are kids responding, not rationally, they're responding emotionally. And to charge her with a felony is ridiculous that's that's insane and i don't know if it'll stick i don't know if it's one of those things that they're trying to scare her with um but bottom line absolutely no need for a felony charge so is it a crime is it a crime to threaten someone yes it is a crime to threaten someone but you have to keep in perspective what is the threat is, is the threat credible is is this person really a a danger and of course, you look at the, the whole scope of the evidence that's laid out here. 
pictures with guns that does deem some credibility to, to the threat. Um, so, you know, maybe a punishment is warranted from the school. And they do say that's probably what will end up happening. What worries me is, will this felony stick? And this girl who is reacting emotionally as a young person, 13 years old, uh, to people making fun of her, of her deceased mother, is this going to drag with her her entire life and, you know, God forbid, you know, send her down a path of, uh, of making bad decisions, of putting yourself in bad situations and ending up in, in prison. So hopefully that does not happen. And see if there's anything else here of note. This is in Flager. Flager or Flagler? Probably Flagler. I just totally skipped letters in that word. Flagler County, Florida. Is that how they say it? Um, so that's the same... I guess that's the same county as Daytona Beach. Is that right? I don't know if that's right or not, but that's what they say here. And um, yeah, uh, you know, they say a quote from the article. Many of our kids and students are now learning online. They're actively using social media. So I asked the parents be the sheriff of their homes and monitor their kids online activity. Duh, of course. I'll say something about that in a minute. It is important to know who your child is communicating with online and what they are saying. I hope this teenager gets the help she needs on how to handle disagreements before she progresses to a more serious criminal activity. So a couple things on this. I, I agree with that statement. Um, is the school helping to teach things like that? No, that, that does come back to the home. Um, a school, you're in a public school setting. You're not learning de-escalation. You're learning escalation. You're learning... Um, arguing, you're, you're, you're learning uh, how to intimidate people and survive in a, in a setting like that. So a public school setting like that is doing the opposite of teaching the skills needed to de-escalate situations. And just to add something, you know, of course, this is the parent's responsibility. And to come back to social media, when you're talking about social media, and I have a, a lot of friends, a lot of acquaintances who have decided that they want to step back from social media. Maybe they don't want to be on, maybe they just choose one app. Maybe they just want to be on Twitter. They don't want to mess with Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. And I got to admit, I haven't been messing with TikTok either. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, someone like myself who has a young daughter, if you have, if you have kids, what are those kids going to do? Eventually, they're going to get a phone. What age they get a phone, that's up to the parent. That's up to the parent to set that policy. But eventually, they're going to get that phone because this is the world they live in, and it's needed to communicate, and it's needed to really um, do many things in society, to have relationships with people, to start a business, um, to announce coming to the point with education. Education is moving um, in that direction. So the phone is necessary, and there's going to be apps on the phone. So... It is very important for parents to be very familiar with the apps. I'm not saying you got to have an account with tens of thousands of followers and be, you know, active on every single social media app, but you got to understand the risks of that app. You got to understand, you know, some of the uh, the things that are happening in sort of taking a risk assessment of, you know, what's what are some scenarios where your child could put themselves in a bad situation. Um but also, I, I think you have to you have to use the app yourself to a certain extent to have that understanding. So just putting up a, a blind eye is not going to help. And also, I would say you should probably be 
friending or following or whatever, uh, you know, engaging maybe in the background with the activity that your uh, that your kid is is uh, participating in online. And honestly, if you're not, that's that's on you. I'm not saying being like an overbearing parent or you know don't trust your kids. You want to teach your kids to make the right decisions, but there's elements to uh, this the online community to to social media that you can teach a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old to make the right decisions and their brain is not developed to the point that they can make a risk assessment that an adult could make. Honestly, I don't think my brain was developed to that point until I was 25 or 30. So obviously, I mean, you can't watch watch a kid till, you know, <laughs> until that point. I'm sure some parents do, but you got to be aware of, of what's happening. So not not to blame not to blame this dad here. He's going through a lot, losing his wife, but just something to think about, and something for the uh, for the parents out there in the uh, the age that we are in, and it gets you know it gets crazier and crazier with all of the all of the targeted propaganda coming from government sources. Uh, so it's not just public schools where. Uh, there's indoctrination coming from now you're having the government outsourced to corporations and celebrities and influencers to get their messages in. So even seeing that stuff and explaining that stuff to your child is uh, is very important. But yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, it's been, God, it's probably been a year since I did, uh, is it a crime and should they do time? So hopefully y'all enjoyed it. I'll have to do one with some guests. Um, I know of that's probably the thing that I've had requested the most often is people asking me, John, why did you stop doing, is it a crime? You got to do it again. So that's, that's something I'll, I'll probably bring back. And I don't know. It's uh, I think it's a pretty good segment, but that's all I got for now. We're going to flip it over and get into my ask me anything. That was not an ask me anything. That was a rant on just things that came into my head. So I don't know what I'm going to title this episode, but it'll be something like that. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody, before we get to the meat of today's show, I'm going to serve up a little appetizer for you here and tell you about another libertarian podcast, another great podcast out there, hosted by our friends over at Good Morning Liberty, also known as Nate and Charlie. And of course, there's been some talk and some rumors and some things swirling about name mis- mispronunciations, and they might have called me Jack, I might have called Nate Nick. None of that matters. None of that matters at all. What matters is the awesome show they deliver multiple days a week. It's a uh, five-day-per-week podcast. They have an awesome segment coming up at the end of the week called the Dumb Bleep of the Week, and it is hilarious. It's a can't-miss. It's one of those segments that, you know, even if you're not listening to every episode, you got to tune back in. You don't miss the Dumb Bleep. So check out Good Morning Liberty. Go subscribe to their podcast, Good Morning Liberty. Check it out today with Nate and Charlie. Hey, what's up, everybody? If you were expecting Dave Smith tonight, we're not going to get him. No Dave Smith. Instead, you got me, and uh, we're going to reschedule. 
with Dave, he had something come up. Um, hopefully, nothing major. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get it rescheduled. But I figured, you know, I already was ready to podcast, was was ready to go, set up to live stream. So why not do it? And uh, let let me know. Someone let me know if you can uh, if you can hear me. Does my is my sound coming through? Okay, because I got no one to test this with. Everything looks good on my end. Give me a comment. Let me know if you can hear me. It's also a good way to test to see if the comments are coming through. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to come on here and we'll see see if we can get the conversation started. And uh, if anybody is out there tonight and wants to do a little AMA, a little ask me anything, talk about whatever, talk about criminal justice system, talk about Afghanistan, talk about um, you know, any of the cases that I've, that I've had on recently on, on Finding Freedom, whatever you guys want to talk about. Talk about vaccine passports, talk about whatever you guys want to. So I will start things off drinking a beer. If anyone out there is drinking, let me know. I will start things off something that... Uh, so something that's been on my mind, obviously, it's been on everyone's mind, uh, is the the pharmaceutical trackers, the vaccine passports, as uh, as they're more well known. Um, I was in a, a clubhouse room the other day, and it wasn't like a, a libertarian clubhouse room or even like a a clubhouse room aligned with politics in, in any way whatsoever. It would the title of the room was something like. Um, unvaccinated are demonized and vaccinated are treated like heroes. Some, something like that. It was, wasn't that exactly, but, but similar. And I was really, really uh, surprised. And it was really a, a white pill experience for me to see, I mean, I mean, to hear people coming at or talking about, uh, the situation with vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, uh, not coming at it from, you know, a, a principled, you know, libertarian background or, or anything like that, but just natural resistance to it. And also tying it into uh, monetary policy and, you know, talking about, you know, how the pharmaceutical companies are really taking sort of like a, a corporate control of, uh, of the government. And it, it was, I mean, it was refreshing because these were people who, this was just a regular group of people in a clubhouse room who, it wasn't all people who were, you know, against getting vaccinated. It was a mix. But even those who were vaccinated were saying things like, even if you're vaccinated, you got to make sure to get your vitamin C, your vitamin D, your zinc, you got to exercise, you got to, you got to, you know, try to stay healthy to boost your immunity. That was cool to see. I mean, because, you know, you get in these flame wars on Twitter. I was in one earlier today. And someone tweeted out uh, something about the, uh, if anyone, anyway, if anyone is joining now and has a question, doing an AMA, I'm just telling stories now, just just talking shit. So uh, I'm just going to ramble. And if you have a question, drop it in the comments. Hopefully it comes through here. I'm actually going to pull it up. Let me pull it up on my uh, Facebook too. StreamYard sometimes does not pull the comments in. Um, 
Anyway, so there was a tweet today, University of Iowa in the uh, in the Big Ten. They, they did, and I didn't read the article. I just saw someone tweet about it. They were tweeting because they were pissed off about it because their dad is a professor at Iowa. But the tweet, but the, uh, the policy that they had at the University of Iowa, the, they came out with it like, Basically, from what I understand, and I have not read this, so I'm just I'm just talking from a tweet that I saw, that they cannot make masks mandatory. So it's it's you know up, people can wear masks if they want to, and uh, classes will be in person. So they can't make classes virtual. And I tweeted something like you know I just became an Iowa fan. You know this is awesome. Um, some something to that effect, knowing. That what I was doing was I was going to stir up the other side um, from the uh, the vaccine mandate side, and of course, people came in throwing stones at me, saying, oh, "You're going to you're going to make people put their put themselves in danger, put their lives in danger." Uh, my dad teaches at the University of Iowa, and uh, you know, the response to that is, "Well, okay, okay, yeah, that's exactly." Um, the response you're hearing from people who are against vaccine mandates, just on the other side of it, it's just you haven't you haven't thought it through. So I just you know baited a few people in and, and swung that back at them. Probably won't make a difference, but uh, that's the situation we're in right now. I'm going to cheer uh, either people at schools, presidents of schools, mayors, governors, whoever, politicians, local leaders. I'm going to cheer people who push back and implement from the other side um, no masks. You can't make masks mandatory in schools. Sure, if kids want to wear masks, teachers want to wear masks, they can, but you can't make them mandatory. Because they're pushing from the other side doing the exact same thing. I mean, they haven't done it in schools yet, but obviously in New York City, in San Francisco, in uh, Los Angeles County, um, they're doing vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, pharmaceutical passports. So that's my perspective on on the need to, to push back that way. And a lot of people don't like what, what Ron DeSantis is doing, um, you know, basically saying that he's going to cut off funding for, uh, for schools that enforce uh, mask mandates, things, things like that. I, I don't have a problem with it because – if the left is not going to play fair, if they're going to do this bullshit with uh, vaccine passports and, and things and things like that and mask mandates, guess what? Game on. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's go at it. Because, I mean, things are not going to... It's not like all of a sudden um, we're not going to go down this path of pharmaceutical passports, pharmaceutical trackers... Uh, we're not going to go down this path where, um, you know, New York City and these big cities and Chicago and Philadelphia and eventually Pittsburgh and all, the, all these different cities throughout the country um, implement vaccine passports. They're not all of a sudden just going to be like, oh, well, guess what? Um, COVID kind of went down now. So guess what? No more vaccine passports needed. That's not going to happen. As soon as they get their claws in there latched in, it's literally never going to end. It, it will never, ever end. So you got to fight fire with fire. And you know, I'm, I'm not a Republican. I wouldn't even call myself a, a Ron DeSantis supporter. But uh, 
have considered moving to Florida. My wife is very much against it, and I was very much <laughs> against it just because of the heat and the humidity in the summers there. But man, if shit continues like this, there's not going to be much of a choice than for people who don't want to be surrounded by insane people um, to to get the heck out of the uh, the blue states that are that are pulling this crap. So I see some people have joined. Um, the Dave Smith interview is not happening tonight. It's canceled. So uh, we're going to get that rescheduled. Um, I was going to do an AMA, but no one's asking any questions. So if someone asks a question, I'll answer it. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue to ramble about whatever comes into my mind. And uh, so we talked about vaccine passports. I'll give you guys a little bit more uh, color, a little bit more... Um, not much information, but I do want to do an episode on this at a later date um, about the Orlando shooting and about um, my guest who was gunned down, um, who, was, who was killed last Saturday, who came on this show, episode 277 of Lions of Liberty with Dalton Morrow. Um, He came on this show and talked about his experience, um, talked about information that he gave to federal prosecutors ahead of the Orlando nightclub shooting. And uh, it's in sealed documents. It happened. It's, there's no disputing that this happened. Um, they have acknowledged in these sealed documents that, uh, that he gave them the information ahead of the shooting. So they knew about it. Now, you can be a conspiracy theorist and think, you know, what happened here? Was this a, was this a government plot? Was it something like that? I'm not even going to go down that path. Um, the first place that my mind goes in a situation like that is just incompetence. I mean, um, I know Dalton did, did send the, uh, send this information to multiple sources. He even sent it to the president of the United States, but I don't know if that got through. He sent it to senators. He sent it to Rand Paul. Um, cause Dalton is, he lives in Kentucky. He was killed, uh, two Saturdays ago outside his home in Louisville, Kentucky. He was shot eight times. He was shot in the throat. And when I hear something like that, that's somebody sending a message. So not going to speculate right now. You guys are all smart people. You understand what the possibilities are here. And uh, the facts that we have are Dalton Morrow, when he, was in, when he was in prison, he heard his roommate at the time um, talking about a potential shooting in the Orlando area. Um, he heard about this because he was letting his cellmate at the time borrow his cell phone. His cellmate was the boyfriend of the Orlando shooter, Omar. 
So Dalton overheard these conversations, and as I mean, he wanted to get, and he was very open about this. If you go back and listen to episode 277 of Finding Freedom, you'll hear all this. He was very open about this. Um, He wanted, obviously, to get that information out there to try to stop it. But also, he wanted to use it as a way to get himself out of prison. I mean, he's not an idiot. Um, If you're going to give information to authorities, especially information of of that scale, uh, you you should get some help. In, uh, in return. So that's what we know. That happened. We know it was passed on to authorities. It's been acknowledged in sealed documents. They're sealed um, for a reason, obviously, because this information they don't want out there. Um, so we know that happened. We know Dalton, when I talked to Dalton, he was living in a halfway house. Um, he was, I don't know when he moved from the halfway house out into his own place. I think it was fairly, fairly recently. Um, so two Saturdays ago, he was out, he was outside his home and, uh, he was shot eight times, uh, and shot in the throat. So when I see that happen, just looking at the facts that we have in front of us, pretty freaking scary. I'll I'll tell you that much. It's pretty damn scary. Who's doing it? Could it be coming from, uh, you know, Omar was trained over in the Middle East by uh, Islamic militants. Could it be someone like that trying to get back at him? I don't know. Could could it be a, uh, I mean, Dalton was in, he was, he was a drug dealer. And he was out of prison. Could if he got back into selling drugs? That's possible. Certainly possible. But uh, I don't know. Just just looking at the facts of what happened. Certainly pretty freaking messed up. So um, I'll say it again. I see we got some people watching. If anybody wants to drop a comment, ask a question, you can do that. If not, I'll just I'll just keep going because. Uh, Tell you what, I got nothing else to do. I was planning on doing the Dave Smith interview tonight. Really excited about it, man. I mean, I had, I, I'll say this. I never prepare. This <laughs> sounds terrible. I never prepare for interviews. <laughs> I used to. When I first started podcasting, I would write like a long, you know, bullet outline of what I was going to talk about down to the point of like, I asked this question. And if they say this, I'll say this, and ba ba ba. It was insane, um, and I would pretty much follow it for, I don't know, twenty-five to forty episodes somewhere in there. And then I got comfortable, and I still like I'll write down my my intro and a couple other things. But that's that's generally about it. But for this Dave Smith interview, just because there's so much is happening right now, and there are so many different things I want to talk to him about, I actually took notes. So. It's a shame if I don't. I will get to use them. We'll definitely reschedule the interview, so that's that's uh, that's not a uh, concern of mine. Um, one thing that uh, I do want to talk to Dave about, and I'll I mean I'll talk about it here since nobody's asking any freaking questions. <laughs> but I was listening to a friend of the show, Buck Johnson, interviewed Jason Stapleton and Pete Quinones. Uh, I guess it was last Saturday. I think that's when I listened to it. I'm not sure when it came out. Really good interview. I recommend everyone check it out. 
And that's not a paid advertisement. That's a free advertisement. You're welcome, Buck. One thing that they were talking about, especially one thing that Pete was talking about. So you have the Mises Caucus, Ron Paul 2.0. And I know Angela and uh, Matt Erickson got into this on the uh, debate on Monday, which was an awesome episode if you haven't heard that. But say you get 10% of the uh, the voting base to uh, to get on board. You get 10% of the voting base of independently minded people, people are fed up with the system to say, yes, I will vote for this Dave Smith comedian um, who was is, who is on a podcast called Legion of Skanks. And uh, it, it, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. Dave Smith could, you know, strike a nerve. He could, it happened with Ron Paul. I think Ron Paul was, uh, his votes were subdued in a certain way, but you start talking about the Federal Reserve, you start talking about inflation with the stuff that's coming in the next couple of years. It's not out of the realm of possibility for Dave to catch a, uh, you know, catch a stream and take off. But the question is, what do you do next? You're not going to win. They're not going to let Dave Smith be president. That's not going to happen. I mean, I'll tell you that right now. They're not going to let a libertarian be a senator or a congressman. At your local level, you can, you can work in there and uh, make some changes, which I encourage people to do. And, I, and I'll, I'll say this, too. Like I, am a, like I contribute to the Mises Caucus. I'm a, I'm a big supporter of the Mises Caucus. Where my disconnect is, like, what's the plan? So you wanna, we want to wake people up. We want to expose more people to the ideas of liberty. Okay, we do that. We get a bunch of people. What's the plan? And like from my perspective, the plan's got to be maybe not even political. You know, maybe it's from a, a business and a corporate standpoint, and you try to take over those power sectors or get people, I mean, not all of them, but get people who are, um, you know, intelligent and understand these ideas and know that we need to build a new system in power in, uh, in some large corporations and things like that. Is that easy to do? Hell no, it's not easy to do, but <laughs> it's impossible. We're not going to, you're just not going to take over the political system. I, I don't see that happening. It, it's just not going to happen. So I have to take over some of the money and gain some of the power that way and then, and then feed it downstream. Is that even possible? I don't know. So, I mean, that's, that's my thing. Like, what is the, what is the plan going forward? Trying to legalize weed? What's that going to do? I mean, sure, legalize weed. Do we want to free nonviolent offenders? Yes. But, I mean, that, it, it, that's not systematic change. We're not, we're not, you know, breaking up the foundation and building a new system with that, which is what, which is what has to be done. But how does that get done? You know, I, I, I don't think we're going to know until we do it. So maybe that's, maybe that's the answer. All right, what else we got here? Still no questions. I guess nobody has any keyboards or uh, I don't know. Let's talk about Af- Afghanistan. Afghanistan animation. Super Troopers, one of my favorite movies of all time. So Afghanistan, first of all, politically, this kills Joe Biden. I can see no way. And, I mean, Joe Biden's going to die anyway, probably before his four years are up. But politically, this does more than kill Joe Biden. It kills his political sphere of influence, I think, to a certain degree. 
and I'm not saying that that that's. Uh, I'm not saying that I disagree with his decision. I actually love his decision to pull out. I wish he did it ten years earlier, or Obama did it ten years earlier, or George Bush never invaded, um, or didn't stay there for for as long as he did. But anyway. Politically, Joe Biden is screwed. Kamala Harris likely tainted as well. Um, You have a a lot of the country who, yes, they want to bring the troops home, I think, or they're happy to see the war end. But at the same time, like people who have like don't follow politics or they just watch CNN or like just from that outside perspective, like they even understand this is really not good that uh, basically you've armed the Taliban to the teeth with billions of dollars of military equipment. And wh- what was the uh, what was the cost? We're there for 20 years. The cost in American uh, soldiers' lives and PTSD and ruining families back home and kids growing up without fathers and mothers, all of that cost, plus the cost, which I'm not making this any less of a cost, Human beings are human beings. The cost to the Afghani people, all of the, uh, you know, over 100,000 people uh, killed there, many innocent women and children, weddings being drone bombed, all of the terrorists that have been created throughout this entire process. I think this is a excellent uh, teaching moment for libertarians to step in and, uh, and talk to their, uh, their normie friends about stuff like this. Uh, I do wonder if, uh, and I've seen many people point this out on Twitter, if they've made the pullout so sloppy that they'll use it as justification in the future for saying, well, this is why we can't leave countries because this will happen. I, I The more I think about it, I really don't think that's the case. I think there's a lot of factors at play here. Um I think they're starting to realize that they're stretched out and I'm not going to say the economy, there's an impending economic collapse. I, there could be, I mean, there really, there, there definitely could be, I mean, who knows what triggers stuff like that, but certainly the, the foundation is cracked at this point. So it, it could happen. Is it going to happen in six months? I don't know. Is it going to happen in six years? I don't know. But so, so you look at it from that perspective I, I don't know. I, I, they're not going to intentionally screw things up t- that bad for people to lose faith in uh, in foreign, really in foreign, the U.S. foreign policy. I mean, it's good for libertarians for people to see that. It's great for us, but I don't think that was like an intentional strategy um, by the uh, by the elites to do something like that. I think I think there's some panic happening, um, and I'm not sure what all the triggers are. A part of it probably having to do with no longer needing to have a stranglehold on that CIA uh, opium opium trade that's happening. Um, that could be a factor of it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad that finally, well, the war's not over yet, but I, I think it will be. I, I don't think tactically, strategically, um, I would be shocked if Joe Biden were to say we're going back in. Now, hundred percent there's going to be republicans um in the run-up to 2024 uh tom cotton lindsey graham i don't know if they're both tom cotton will probably definitely run for president who will run on going back into afghanistan that will be what he talks about every day all the time and there will be 
the neocons in the uh, Republican Party who coalesce behind him. Um, you also have either a DeSantis or a Trump who are going to take the populist route, or maybe both of them, um, who understand where the country is. And Trump can take it from the perspective of, uh, you know, I ran against these wars in the first place, and he'll come up with some bullshit that he set the groundwork to do this withdrawal, and then Joe Biden screwed it up, and that's why the Taliban took over. I mean, you don't have to be that smart to see exactly how Trump's going to play it. DeSantis probably could do a similar thing. He just doesn't have the um, credibility of actually being the president when that groundwork was supposedly laid, uh, air quotes. So that, that's how they'll play it. And then, you know, maybe you get, I don't think Rand Paul's going to run again. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, if I, I really, I don't know if I want him to or not, to be honest with you. But you, have, you might have a Rand Paul run who would run on more of the, you know, libertarian, um, non-interventionist foreign policy um, using the Afghan debacle as an example of things that are going terribly wrong. And then if you have Dave Smith run, I mean, he'll just freaking explain it from uh, from A to Z, what went wrong, what happened. And uh, Scott Horton can be there at his events passing out copies of Fool's Errand. So that's how that would play out. But I don't know. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, 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 hmm. Talked about vaccine passports, if you missed that. Talked about Afghanistan. Talked about what are the plans for the liberty movement. Let's talk about that for a minute. Liberty movement. Stupid name. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of calling it the liberty movement. It doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. What does that even mean? Yeah, we're trying to, uh, trying to advance the liberty movement. Okay, what does that look like? How can we tell if it's working? What are some things we should look for to know if the liberty movement is advancing? Is it just getting bigger numbers? Is it uh, the podcasters like myself looking at our numbers and they go up, oh, liberty movement's growing, it's growing. Is it uh, people joining the LP? Is that, I mean, how do you measure success with liberty movement? I mean, aside from taking over the government, which I talked about earlier, which is not going to happen, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to see it rebranded, and I don't like this, but it's something like it. Um, I haven't really thought about it a lot. I know, uh, know Brian, Brian and Marco, both, both, all three of us are good at branding, obviously, but uh, I have to run some ideas by them, see, see what they think. But self-sufficiency movement, I don't like that but I like it better than Liberty Movement because at least it tells you something. It tells you that you're trying to help people become more self-sufficient because the state has become um, such a cancer in our lives that not only, not only is it a, a threat to uh, our prosperity, but it's a threat to our survival. Um, so if you don't become self-sufficient, in different areas, if you don't uh, take control of your income, if you don't learn how to grow your own food, if you don't learn how to you know, go out and hunt, or at least know people or do, learn how to farm, uh, raise chickens, things like that, um, or at least build a network of people who do and have some value that you can trade, uh, trade for that. Self-sufficiency, I, I don't know. I need, I mean, and I know there's, there, there's agorism and I, I get that, but um, 
I'm kind of looking for a new term for the, the big tent of, of liberty movement. And I, I, I don't know. That doesn't work for me. All right, guys. No one's asking questions. This was a good AMA, asking myself questions. What else do I have to talk about? Let me look here. What else did we have? Let's take a look at the news. Let's talk about Howie Snowden's news links. Can we do that for a minute? Howie Snowden is a machine. And every day, I don't know how he does this. He sends out, and if you're a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride, you, you know this, or at $15 and up, I should say. If you remember, 15 and up of the Lions of Liberty Pride, you get these links delivered to your email every, I think it's, I think it's Monday through Friday. It might be Tuesday through Saturday. I can't remember. I haven't, I used to help put them together, but we've outsourced that. Um, so Howie goes in, finds all these links, don't know how he does it. And then we have a, a VA who organizes them into uh, different categories, politics, criminal justice, um, culture, things like that. I have no idea how he does it. Like it's, it's mind blowing. It's like 200, 250 links a day. And if I can read five of the articles, that's a, that's a good day. I mean, that's a really good day. If I can read two, that's, that's a normal day. So that's Howie Snowden. Also a plug for the Lions of Liberty Pride. You can join that by going to Patreon dot com slash lions of liberty and uh also while we're doing plugs i want to talk about another great podcast you've all heard of it i'm sure it's called burning daylight with my buddy matt mckinley and uh matt mckinley he's a cowboy i actually just listened to a great a great podcast he did um with one of his buddies growing up a, a fellow hunter and uh so it's not all about just cowboy shit. It's a lot of cowboy shit, but with with his uh, most recent guest was uh, was his friend who's traveled all around the world, um, hunting, uh, doing uh, you know being a guide, shooting video on hunts for shows and, and things like that, for, or, or for his own stuff. He's traveled all over the world, South America, Africa. Really great stories. Um, just it's an awesome podcast. Check it out, Burning Daylight. It's. Uh, it's not your typical libertarian podcast. All right. You know what, guys? I don't have a lot else to talk about right now because I did not prepare for this and none of you freaking idiots will ask any questions. So I'm just going to say one more. No, I say one more thing. I might say 10 more things. Who knows? Things just pop in my head and I start talking. Something that's really been bothering me that's getting zero play in the mainstream media, getting zero play from any libertarians I see anywhere. And it's really a travesty of justice. So I've talked about this a little bit on my show. I've had some guests on who um, have suffered a similar fate. But with the uh, the CARES Act that was passed in the law last year, um, there was a aspect of it that helped inmates um, mostly who have served a majority of their prison sentence to be able to qualify for compassionate release and get uh, get assigned home confinement. So it was assumed that at the time when it happened, it was assumed that you know things would be um, ironed out and the uh, the law would be 
updated or um, extended or whatever. So these individuals would never have to go back into prison. Well, Mr. Uh, criminal justice reform himself, who's done nothing for criminal justice reform, Joe Biden, uh, President Joe Biden, sorry, sorry, Mr. President, uh, he's done nothing. And he has said that when the pandemic is over, these people have to report back to prison. Are you kidding me? Like all of a sudden, they've been living at home, working. Many of them, all of them, most of them, if they're able to work, they're working in some sort of job, contributing value to society, um, being back with their families, living a relatively normal life. But no, no, we're going to pull you back into prison. Because why? Because we can. That's the only reason why. Because they can. It's infuriating. It's so infuriating to see shit like that. I can't stand it. Makes me so mad. Makes me so mad. That's a, that's a Rico joke. And Joe Biden just gets a freaking pass on the criminal justice reform. Nobody talks about it. The left has gone to sleep. They don't give a shit about prisoners. They don't give a shit about people who are in life. People who are doing life in prison for nonviolent crimes. They don't give a shit about clemency. Now that they got their person in, they don't care. Obama, when he was in office, he waited until the end of his second term to really do anything. He did a little bit, but then the end of his second term, he waited till the very end. Probably the only reason why was just so he could say so for his legacy. He doesn't give a shit about these people either. Donald Trump, throughout his presidency, was doing this up until the very last moment. I have on good authority that the and you know what I'm I'm not a Trump supporter but I will defend him in instances like this. I think Donald Trump does care about people like that who've been wronged by the system and did do what he could to help. Um he put people in place, he put his daughter in place to to look at these cases and linked up with uh, Alice Johnson to uh help to gather good candidates for release. He put people in place who knew what was wrong with the system to find the right people who were suffering the the greatest injustice, or at least some of them. Uh, Obviously, he did not get to all of them, unfortunately, which I I am critical of Donald Trump for that. But at least he got to some of them. But Joe Biden has done nothing. And the last night before Donald Trump left office, he called in um, his daughter and I forget who else. I guess Jared Kushner. Maybe I think yeah probably Jared probably called in the two of them, and uh, he basically said, uh, "You each you know you each get five you three or five people, make your case for him, and I'll sign." And they made their case, and he signed. And this was right before he left office. There's a lot of other shit he could have been doing, and maybe should have been doing, and maybe he shouldn't have waited that long to do this. Like I said, I'll criticize Donald Trump any day of the week. But at least you could tell that he cared a little bit. Joe Biden doesn't give a freaking shit about the criminal justice system or reforming it. He wants to put more people in it. All right, guys. That's about 30-some-odd minutes and not too bad for an impromptu show. Maybe we'll add more to it later. I want to thank the people who came in and out in our uh, Lions of Liberty Pride and on uh, on YouTube, on our private link, listening, watching this, 
like I said, um, we'll try to get Dave. I'm not sure when when we'll get him on. If it's could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be two weeks. Um, we'll make it happen. And uh, like I said, lot of stuff to talk about. So I'm excited for that. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Peace. All right, taking a quick break here. I want to talk to you all about my friend, friend of the show, Tyler Colford, a.k.a. Crypto Man, and his new song. And uh, he's featured on a track with Intrinsic. It's called First World Problems. Basically, what it's doing is it's talking about you know, different concepts are woven throughout the track, you know, cancel culture, grifters, inflation, innovation, all kinds of different things. It's a really, really interesting track. Please go wherever you listen to your music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, whichever one of these places where you listen to music, please like and follow Crypto Man, and please like this song, share with your friends, and it's just an awesome song, guys. So I got a clip for you. Check it out. I hope you guys enjoyed today's hastily thrown together show. Um, I feel like it came together pretty well for uh, doing zero preparation. But, you know, if you like what we're doing here at Lions of Liberty, please support us how you can. You know, we're, we're just three guys uh, putting our time into this, not really making any money off of it. We're not losing money. Uh, we're just staying afloat. But we would like to make this a, a large part of our income. So, Please come to patreon.com slash lines of liberty. Support us there. We're setting up a locals page. Um, you can check us out there. And also the Lions of Liberty store at lionsofliberty.store. We got a brand new shirt. It's uh, It has hands up, don't nuke on it. It has a, a goofy looking redneck type guy with his hands up with the the uh, the bombs pointed down at him. It is a great shirt, eye-catching shirt, sure, to start conversations. A great time to wear it now, especially with everything going on um, in Afghanistan. You can talk about the, the uh, idiocy of war and the idiocy of Joe Biden's comment that uh, they got the nukes and that's why they're in control when, well, that didn't help with the Taliban. Now did it. So check it out at lionsofliberty.store. And don't forget, if you're in the Pride, uh, you get a discount just for being in the Pride. So if you want to save some money, go that route. Um, That's all I have today. Just want to thank you all once again for listening. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.